So I am going to start an audio journal about the whole fostering process and what it really all involves and entails. Um, I'm going to share my story and events that led up to our decision to foster to adopt. It's quite a roller coaster and it'll make you laugh, it'll make you cry. Um, but I want to set the goal as inspirational for people that are going through infertility, um, providing knowledge for people that are thinking about foster care, kind of giving them the ins and outs, do's and don'ts, um, and just kind of sharing my, my journey through this whole process. Um, it really all began in high school where all things began, right? That's when you're really kind of discovering yourself. Um, I remember my mom and I were driving and out of the blue, she was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And without hesitation or skipping a beat, I blurted out, I want to be a stay home mom. And the look on her face was kind of like, well, what else do you want to be? Like, what are you going to school for? What, what are you getting a degree in? And I couldn't really answer her. I didn't have, you know, I, I wasn't like, I'm going to be a veterinarian or a doctor or a marine biologist. I, I had all those interests and I thought they were all cool and exciting, but I didn't have the desire and the drive, I guess you can say. I was just more in tune with being a mom. And um, at the age of 18, I thought I had it all figured out. I mean, I had my life planned. Um, I was I grew up in Texas and I was moving to Hawaii, so... Um, my mom's from there. I had a lot of family support and I'm just going to go live with my grandma and go to school. And after I graduated school, I was going to meet my knight in shining armor and he's going to be super Hawaiian and good looking. And I was going to have two kids by the age of 22. That's, that was my goal. That was my dream. That was what I was planning on. And as you can probably guess, or probably already know, that didn't happen. Although I did meet my knight in shining armor, um, and I'll get into that in a minute. But um, So yeah, it just kind of took off from there, and I was in school. Um, school was a challenge for me. I was really not good at test taking. Um, I have dyslexia, so uh, it was just a struggle to even keep up with homework and the reading and all of the essays and all the stuff that goes on with college. It was just, it was a real struggle. Um, and I couldn't, I think most of my struggle was I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. Um, I, I started off with criminal justice and then I was like, well, I think I'm going to do a business degree so that way I can use it for anything. And then I'm like, well, maybe I'll do education because I'm really good with kids and that will kind of get me in gear to be a mom. So my guidance counselor was just kind of fed up with me at that point and was like, listen, 
until you figure it out, until you really know, don't waste your money and start changing your degrees in the middle of school. Just get your liberal arts degree. Don't laugh because I got it. Um, and that's what I did. I got my liberal arts. And then I went to University of Hawaii and hated it. Uh, I was probably the only student that hated going to school or to college. Um, I was a nanny at that time, a live-in nanny of three kids. So I was responsible for getting them up in the morning, feeding them breakfast, making their lunches, getting them dressed, getting them out the door, which is a challenge all in its own self. Um, and then taking them to, to school. And then I would go to my school or work um, in between and then pick them up after school, take them to soccer, take them to whatever they had going on. So um, then I was responsible for doing dinner and putting them to bed. So I was kind of their mom, so to speak. Um, and I can talk about that later on. Loved my job, but hated going to school because by the time I got the kids dropped off and then I got to school, there was no parking. I felt like every day it was raining. It probably only rained one day when I was going to class and I was like, oh, this sucks. You know, it's always raining. Um, but I did have problems finding parking. Um, and the campus was so spread out and on half of a mountain. So it was, it was like physically a challenge to to get to classes on time and um, so I dropped out and I just focused on work you know I was like these kids need me I'm gonna nanny and I'm gonna be awesome so I did that for a year um, towards the end is where I met my knight in shining armor Jeff and um, we dated I guess a couple of years I, it's all a big blur. Um, but we knew from the very get go that, you know, we both loved each other and that we wanted to spend our whole life together. So I felt in a way that my plan was starting to work and it's just happening a little later than I thought. So I was way past 22 at that point. Um, so Jav and I got married 2009 and um, we started like our honeymoon first year as a married cuppy, cup, cuppy, couple and, um, enjoyed life. And we had a really good set of friends that, um, already had a kid, but they were thinking of having another and they were like, Hey, let's get pregnant together. And we were like, okay. Yeah. Um, well she got pregnant right away and nothing happened on our end. Um, and nothing kept happening, so she ended up delivering her baby, and it was great because we ended up being the godparents and being in the delivery room, helping helping her with whatever she needed, and it was it was a great experience, and um, it was pretty awesome. Other than the fact that I felt like there was something wrong with me. Um, because I should have gotten pregnant right away. Um, 
so anyway, I didn't really dig too deep into it, but um, after some time, people kept asking me, when are you guys going to have kids? Um, you know, things like that. And I was like, well, we're just waiting for our finances, which we all know is a joke because you'll never be financially ready for kids. No matter how much you save, no matter how much time goes by, you'll never financially be ready. Um, so, um, then I started making excuses to like, oh, we're still newlywed. Like we want to travel. We don't want to be, you know, have this responsibility of raising a kid when we can travel and see the world and, and we'll settle down in a, in a little while. But, um, it always was in the back of my mind, kind of devastating that it hadn't happened yet. And, um, I guess after a couple of years of being married, um, I started getting the symptoms and found out I was pregnant and I don't know why, but I, it wasn't that I wasn't excited. I just kept it hush hush. And I was always told to wait until you're at least a month along before you start telling people. So, um, it was very early on, but I ended up having a miscarriage and that really, it sucked. It was hard to swallow that, that feeling of failure. I felt like I did something wrong that, um, I wasn't meant to be a mom and I kind of lived with those feelings and I just buried them. You know, I just was like plaster on that happy face and just keep on going. Um, and one of my neighbors actually had gone through a miscarriage and, um, told me her story and she just kind of encouraged me. It happens. It's, it's more common than you think. And, um, people just don't talk about it because it, it is painful. It is, um, kind of traumatic and you, you really don't really have any explanation on, on why especially that early on. So moving on, I, um, was working in different schools. I had different jobs like tutoring after school. Um, I worked in a preschool. I worked in a Montessori school, which was great. Cause I'm, I'm at this point, I'm just picking up all these awesome tools to be an awesome teacher. You know, I'm like just grabbing onto every resource and, um, taking all in the good and things that didn't work that, um, for behavioral issues I left behind and things that worked for behavioral issues. I wrote them in a notepad and, um, you know, I was just like, I'm going to, I'm going to be a rock star at this. And, um, then I started working in a grade school, a private grade school. So it went from kindergarten to eighth grade. And I learned so much about behavioral issues, about, um, how to be a teacher, um, different cultures. Um, I was just basically set up to, to be awesome from that school. Um, great learning. I had a great mentor and, um, loved almost every minute of it. And I mean, not every day was cloud nine. Um, but for the most part, I really enjoyed 
being a part of that school and um, teaching children. Um, I often had thoughts too, like, oh man, this poor kid doesn't have any good nutritional food and oh, this kid's so neglected for attention. And I would often think like, oh, wouldn't it be great if I could just take them home for the weekend and, you know, take them to the zoo or just do something really fun and cool with them. Um, but that was always just, I thought, never, I never acted on it or asked anyone that I could take your kids. Um, I didn't want to be classified as a creepy weirdo. So, um, I, I was also surrounded by a lot of close friends that were in the same boat as Jeff and I, where are we newlyweds? I mean, we, I say newlyweds, it's been a few years, but we're still happy go lucky. And, um, a handful of my good friends got married and all got pregnant. And I remember some conversations like, oh, yeah, let's let's get pregnant together. Like, let's, oh, wouldn't it be great if our due dates were at the same time? And um, you should go see my doctor and da-da-da-da. And I already kind of had, like, a sour outlook on it because I was like, Listen, I've tried it before and it didn't work. So, um, I ended up getting pregnant, but, um, before I could really shine on with it, it, I had another miscarriage and it was so difficult and I didn't tell anybody again, you know, I was just, I kept squashing all those feelings and all the emotions that tag along with miscarriages I just pushed them to the bottom of my heart like I, I didn't even want to smell it <laughs> um, so with that um, after a few more years Jeff and I decided we are going to move to Texas and that whole thing is a blessing in disguise. I hated the fact I really didn't even want to move. Um, but I knew for some reason it was going to be, um, a lot better financially, um, for starting a family, yada, yada, yada. So we did the big move and, um, I got a job at a preschool, you know, I was just working as a preschool teacher's aide, a really nice preschool, by the way. And, um, you know, just kind of took it all in, was learning all about different discipline issue, disciplinary issues that um, are different from Hawaii. You know, it's not all the same everywhere you go. Um, there's different situations and circumstances in each kid's life and... This one was just a little different. Um, and when I say different, I mean where we are in Texas, it's a little hoity-toity, um, a lot of, you know, um, high maka maka. So um, the parents are more, uh, how should I say it? 
they use their children as accessories. They're not really children that they, I'm, I'm sure they love and adore their children, but they appear to just have their children as accessories. It's just something that they have and get to cart around in their Land Rovers and, you know, all of that. So, um, it was about a year into that, um, where I was working in the school and I had my third miscarriage. And by that time I was like telling everybody, I was like, man, this sucks. I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I'm, I think I'm eating right. I'm trying to eat healthy foods. I mean, there's people that are hooked on heroin and drinking and they carry full term. I don't get it. I really don't understand. So, um, once I kind of opened up that part of my life to people and tore down that wall, um, you know, a lot of people offered advice like, Hey, take baby aspirin. My cousin went through the same thing. Oh, my neighbor and my best friend and da, 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 da. And try this diet, try this, try standing on your head, do this. Uh, you know, I tried it all. I took all of their advice and maybe I didn't do it in the right order. I don't know. Maybe I didn't do it long enough. I, maybe I just didn't commit to, um, the timing of it all, but, um, it still was painful to go through. Um, and I think a lot of it too was I had at that point, I had a lot of self doubt. Like if this is happening, Oh, nice. If this is happening to me, then that there's a reason. And that's probably because I'm going to be a terrible mom. Um, so I had like a lot of fear, self doubt by that time. Um, and, um, I ended up becoming a director of a preschool and just, just working my tail bones off. You know, I, I worked on Saturdays and I devoted a lot of time to work and, um, being in that environment and childcare and having infertility issues is, it, it doesn't go hand in hand. It's not an easy thing to to get up in the morning, put on a smile, go to work, and then have a bunch of parents just be, Ugh, you know, go, go to your classroom, okay? And, you know, just drop off their kids and, and be, um, not aggressive, but abrasive on dropping off because they seem irritated or they're having a bad day or they're late for a meeting or they spilt coffee in the car, whatever. I heard all the excuses and things like that. And I'd always just look at them and be like, Oh, you have such an amazing gift. You have no idea. And, um, each day was just getting harder and harder. You know, I had coworkers that were pregnant and giving birth and, uh, it just, at that point I was just like, I'm tired. I remember telling Jeff, I'm so tired. I'm tired of the drama and I'm tired of dealing with this day in and day out. And so my life was becoming pretty miserable and I decided to quit 
and I prayed. Oh my gosh, I prayed. I was like, just give me a job that does not involve kids. I want to work for a company that is not kid related. And I did. I got, I finally got that job and, um, it was great. You know, I was like, mm -hmm, I'm walking on sunshine and, um, I, I loved what I was doing and, um, December. So I was just very new to the whole new company. And, um, I was sitting in the office one day and my best friend, my longest best friend that I've known since, uh, high school and the only friend I kept in touch with, um, basically the friend that convinced me to move to Texas, um, cause life would be a little better over here and things like that. So, um, she texted me, we had kind of lost communication. We, we stopped talking. Um, but one December day she, she called or she texted me and said, are you sitting down? And immediately tears just welled into my eyes. I got the biggest log in my throat as I knew she was about to tell me she was pregnant. That news devastated me. Um, I was super happy for her. Um, I'm, I'm always happy to hear, especially if it's planned or, you know, they, they were kind of struggling through, um, infertility and she went through IVF. So, um, I was really happy that it worked and that she was pregnant and, um, that, you know, this whole thing happened for them, but at the same time, I was full of sadness, just self-pity sadness, um, kind of questioning like, why me? You know, everything, everything happens to me. And, um, I kind of pushed those feelings down too. I was in a new environment working with, um, new people. So I didn't want to show them that I was weak and that I had these issues. Um, and so I just kind of just pushed it down. Um, I did talk about it a little bit to let them know. Um, and then that spring, um, Jeff and I decided that we were going to foster to adopt. Super exciting. I was like, oh, yay. Um, my neighbors a couple doors down, they started the process. They got licensed and they just raved about, you know, how excited they were. And I was just like, oh. That's, that's what I'm going to do too. So, um, Jeff and I started the application and I'm going to talk more about the application process on a different day, um, when I can really focus on it, but it's not an easy thing. It's not like a job application or a credit card application. It is deep. I mean, almost intrusive. I mean, they want to know how much money you have in the bank, um, your assets, your mental health, your mom and dad's mental health, how many siblings you have. Have you gone through abuse? Have you done, you know, any, everything basically from the time you were born to now they, they have to know about and uh, they are asking about. 
So um, we've, we started the application and, and on the application is where you can input um, your preferences. So you can say, I want this, um, this age, I want this ethnicity, I want this gender, and these are the behavioral problems that I'm willing to work with. Well, as you could imagine, there is a whole page full of disabilities and behavioral issues and mental and physical things that children go through. And to check them off was really hard for me. I, I was just kind of like, well, no, I don't want feces on my walls. Like, I don't want a kid that runs away from adults, you know? So I started getting kind of um, selfish on it. And I was like, well, I want a baby that looks just like me and Jeff and has no behavioral issues and sleeps all the way through the night. And da, 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 da. I was basically applying for an angel, which I know they do exist, but at now looking back, I was like, man, I am, that was so stupid of me. Um, but that's what, that's what we wanted at that time. And, um, I guess I didn't really know any better, um, until we started going to trainings because you have to go through trainings and these classes before you get your license. So we started going to the classes and I remember the, the lady that was teaching one class was talking about how fostering is to, to basically reunite the family back together. So um, it's not like fostering and then if you like them enough, you get to adopt them. And if you don't like them, then you give them back. It doesn't work. It's not like that. Um, fostering is you accept a child into your home. You provide them a, a warm bed, food and water and shelter and attention and love and security. And when that bio mother or father gets their life back together, then they go back to their family. That was really hard for me to swallow. I I remember sitting there going, uh-uh, no way. Mm -mm. If somebody brings me a child to take care of and love on, I am not giving that child back. No way. I said, I can't do that. I, I Especially after three miscarriages. That's, no, that's not going to happen. And um, we never went back. We never continued on with our trainings and, and we never moved forward with it. Um, and I, I, basically I wanted to be in control and I was being selfish, but at the time I was just like, nope, that's, that's not the way I, I was meant to be a mom. Um, so after that, it was just kind of going through the whole infertility process with doctors. Um, I had so much blood work, so much blood taken from me, um, ultrasounds, all kinds of stuff, just 
all for them to tell me that everything looks good. Everything's fine. Um, I went um, to a place in Houston and their result was just like, hey, you're fine. Just keep trying. And I got annoyed, went to um, a local medical center and um, told them my problems. They did the same things, ran the same tests, told me the same results. And nothing's more devastating than that. I mean, you know something's wrong. Something obviously is wrong. And there's no way to fix it. Um, so I was just frustrated. As you can probably imagine, it, it's just <laughs> one of those things where you just want to throw your hands up and be like, why? What, what is the purpose of this? This, there's no explanation. Um, they can't tell me anything and um, it's just not working out. So I buried myself into work. I dedicated my heart, my soul, my life, my energy, my time, uh, everything that my will, I, everything. I just I basically sold myself to work. And um, I figured the harder I work and the more I put myself into work, then these feelings would go away and I don't have to deal with them. And that's not how it works. Um, it's easier said than done to be happy when you're going through that. And a lot of people would say, you know, just, just smile, put a happy face on and just move on. And it's easier said than done. Um, so it was January of this year. Um, when I told Jeff, I go, honey, I got to I got to be a mom. I got to do something. I can't, I can't sit away or sit around and wait. Um, cause you know, that's what everybody's advice was just wait. It's God's timing. Just wait for it to happen. And I was like, I'm not going to wait because I'll be that 80 year old with a kindergartner that's like walking down the street with a cane, dropping my kid off at the bus stop. While everybody else's kids are going to college, um, I was just like, I'm not doing that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna adopt a baby, straight adopt too, not this fostering where they can take it away. I'm straight adopting a baby, and I had a good friend of mine that lived in the neighborhood that had an incredible story, just life's life changing, inspirational story about how she adopted, straight adopt her. Um, son. And that got me super excited all over again. I, I found hope and I did a lot of research and um, she, ref she referenced a, a, an agency that we could go through and called them. We fell in love with the caseworker and filled out the application. And I told Jeff, I was like, there's no going back. Like, we are doing this. I'm, I'm not going to back out of this, like, the rest of my life. <laughs> and um, we got to the point where it talks about finances and how much straight adoption costs. Uh, 
for us with this agency at that time was going to be about $40,000. And that's money we don't have. Um, so that was a, that was kind of like a, a gut punch and a reality check. And I was like, man, what are we going to do? So we came up with a plan that we are going to wait until July of this year. And because in between January and July, we had all these things going on. I had work trips planned. I was so busy with work. It's the beginning of new year. So it's just like busy, busy, busy. Um, and by June, I will be done with all of my traveling and this and that. Jeff was also traveling a lot for work. He's in the oil field and he had to travel to Midland and he was gone three weeks out of the month. Um, so I was just kind of like, let's just kind of save up as much as we can in July. We're going to we rent to own our house. We are going to take out a mortgage and, and get our house in our name, use that money for the first stage of the adoption process. That's what we're going to do. Well, <laughs> I swear, every time I make plans, <sighs> July happens. Um... Specifically, July 13th, which happened to land on a Friday. So, it is July, Friday the 13th. Life is just trucking along. Um, and that day, I went to work and I had planned. Here we go with plans. Um, I had planned to go on a girl's trip. A much needed, must I say, uh, girl's trip. Um, because I've just been working my tail off and I was like, I just need a break, you know, from everything. So I'm just going to go down there, turn off my phone and we're going to go to the winery and just, you know, have an awesome girl's trip. So I get in the car, um, and I'm heading out and I leave my neighborhood and all of a sudden my car exploded um, glass breaking, air, all the airbags deployed. I had no clue what happened. Nothing was in front of me. Nothing was behind me. And I, it, it just, I went into complete shock. I remember, um, even trying to call, I was like, I need to call 911. But I, I looked at my phone with like the biggest blank stare. I could not remember how to call 911. Um, that's how much of a shock it was, but I was able to call my husband. His contact is right there. So I just clicked on his pretty little face and it called him. I told him I was in an accident. He came down and that, that whole story is going to be in a whole, a, a different, um, entry because there is a reason why that happened. And, um, it's kind of a turning point in my life and uh, a pretty important event too that led to the fostering to adopt. So after the accident, um, my world 
was crumbling all around me. I mean, you name it, it was happening. Um, my health wasn't the greatest because I was so depressed with pushing all of my feelings about infertility, about the miscarriages, about my whole life, basically. just I just pushed it down too, too deep, and it was just oozing out. And I couldn't keep it together. No matter what I tried or said, um, people around me were like, what's wrong with you? Why are you acting this way? And I was like, I, there's something wrong. Like, I, I can't talk about it. I don't want to talk about it or you know, um, I'm here to work and my work life started falling apart. Mistakes were being stupid mistakes on my part were being made and I was getting reprimanded. I've never been reprimanded at work before. Never. I've had maybe verbal warnings or, you know, Hey, don't do this or that. But this was a, a huge, a demotion and I, I took it so deeply. I, I just brought it in with all of my other emotions and my depression. Um, I started feeling like a failure. I, I wasn't able to do anything right at work. I wasn't able to do anything right at home. I was in this car accident. Um, and everything was just falling apart. And I started questioning my existence why am I here? What's my purpose? Um, if I can't have kids, then why do I even exist, really? Um, you know, the one job a woman is supposed to do is procreate and give birth, and I, I can't do that. So a lot of these negative thoughts were just totally weighing down on me. I mean, it was pushing me down to the ground, and I could not get back up. And, um, with all of that wrapped around me, um, I decided I was going to quit my job and just focus on my health. Um, I, I just, I was so emotional. I was crying over the, the littlest things, um, like getting all my stuff out of my car. <laughs> I drove up to my car. My car was totaled. Um, I had to get all my stuff out, so I'm getting it, and I cried like a big baby, like just the emotion of I'm never going to drive this car again set me off, and I was just a mess. I even made a video, a stupid video of me driving away from the car, and I was like, that's the last time, and, and then I saw a dead deer on the ground, and I was like, oh my god, this is the worst day ever. Why is everything happening to me, and life sucks. Um, so, um, yeah, everything just cr was crashing around and I couldn't, I could not pick up the pieces fast enough. It was just horrible, horrible. Um, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, was, um, my best friend, my only friend at this time that does not have kids. And she would come over all the time. I mean, she was over at my house. We would always drink wine and talk and go do things and drink wine. And um, she was my wino buddy. And um, she came over as I'm pouring a glass of wine. And she's 
you know, just kind of standing there. She just got back from a vacation. So I was like, let me hear all about it. And do you want a glass of wine? And she said, no. And it was that same gut punch and the, the tears and the, the log in the back of my throat. And she told me she was pregnant. And of course, I'm not a mean person. I'm not going to be like, what the hell? Um, get out of my face. And I sat there and listened to her talk about it and um, about our friendship and what it means. And she doesn't want to lose me and things like that. Because she, she knows what kind of road I've been on and with my infertility. So um, that night was probably one of the worst nights I've ever had to go through. Um, I stayed up all night crying and hating myself even more. And it wasn't until the morning when my husband was getting ready for work and he said, you need help. You need to go get help. He goes, I can't help you. I don't know what to say to you. I don't know what, what to do for you. You got to find professional help. You got to go talk to somebody that will help you get through this. And, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I don't need any help. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm totally, I've totally got this under control. Um, it's totally normal to be upset and, and crying and staying up and sobbing. Um, so... I made an appointment to go see a counselor. Um, I also joined an infertility group from my church. And um, I listened to, you know, the, I went to the support group and listened to their stories and um, caught a lot of information about a daily walk with God and, and how just being with God will kind of pull you out of the, the slump that you're in. And, um, even my counselor, um, said the exact same thing He's, why are you focusing on the negatives? You need to redirect your mind to the positives. And I was like, well, there are none. And he goes, well, start with yourself, you know, start listing all your attributes. And I was like, well, He's like, surely you have some. And I was like, well, uh, you know, you know, all the things that come to mind are just negative, negative. But he was like, go Google attributes and go print it out and highlight it and remember those. And I was like, okay, I did it. And I started writing in a journal, um, and, um, by day three, I dedicated that I was going to start a daily devotional journal um, that involved a devotion, prayer, and a Bible verse for the day, and also some kind of marriage tool. Because at that point, I was also losing Jeff. Not, not that we were getting separated or divorced or anything extreme, but I was very quick to anger very temperamental, very emotional. And he was kind of like, what the hell is going on with you? 
And he said he, he didn't know how to help me, but he knew I needed help. So I decided I was going to do those four things and start my day. I'm not going to wait till the end of the day because by the end of the day, you don't do it. Um, so I'm going to start my day with that. And I grew into this happy, go-lucky, joyful, happy to be alive, um, thankful to be alive, grateful for all the things that I have, and more positive. And um, I was able to get myself back to what is comfortable and what I what I appreciate the most is all the support from my friends and family and Jeff. Um, because for a while there, I thought I was doing this all on my own. And infertility is a really lonely road because you don't really meet a lot of people. There are tons of people that have infertility, but you don't meet day-to-day people that are going through the same thing you are. So... Um, it wasn't until about day 20 when it hit me like a train. I came to the conclusion that God's path for me is to foster, to adopt. I am equipped as a teacher to have short-term relationship with kids and give them advice give them knowledge, give them the tools to succeed in life. And that's what I need to do. I can't be selfish and I can't be in control anymore. And that's what he told me. And the next step was telling Jeff. Um, So I was a little nervous telling him because in the back of my mind, I always thought Jeff wanted his own biological children. And if I couldn't give that to him, he would leave me or I just basically let him down. And I was super surprised when he was all aboard. He said, I think that's a great idea to foster, to adopt. Um, And he goes, as long as as your mind's made up and and this is what you want, then I think it's going to be great. We're going to help kids off the streets and help families be reunited and things like that. So that's how we kind of came up with the process. And um, we are about halfway through um, until we get our license. So we filled out the application again. We went through a different agency, um, filled out the application, and then... Um, what else do we do? Oh, we started trainings. Um, we're halfway through our trainings. We have the house inspections going on. There's a home study. Uh, there's a whole list and I'm going to go through that at another time. Ah. Anyway, um, so in conclusion, that is my general struggle um, and how I was led to become a foster parent and um, I'll get more into details as we continue to um, grow and experience it for ourselves and um, 
that's that. Thank you.